0: Hey, this is Ro Poniganti and you're listening to Adrian Has Issues, my favorite podcast on the Citadel.
1: Hello, everybody. You are listening to Adrian Has Issues, the conversational podcast celebrating the culture of creativity. I am pleased and honored to welcome today's guest. She has been making some uh, incredible waves in the VGM community. You have provided music for some really cool projects. A matter of fact, a couple episodes ago, I had the honor of talking to Alan from Game Grooves. On that episode, we talked a little bit about two of his Sonic projects, Live and Learn, a hero and villain tribute to the music of Sonic Adventure 2, which you had performed on Learn, which is the villain side of things. Uh, Let's see, you also performed on Link 182, which was the pop punk tribute to Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, also by Game Grooves. This is probably my favorite thing, and I know this gets brought up a lot only because it's just really incredible line them up which was the paper mario project and also you've done collaborations with game brass and console great musician incredible trombonist super talented and well as of this recording it's been almost a week now since the release of her first full-length album entitled see the world please welcome allison martin how are you allison
2: Wow, I am good. Uh, my mind just kind of went through this whole timeline. I just saw my whole trombone life flash before my eyes because of your, <laughs> your very wonderful and very detailed um, introduction. That's that's really great. I was thinking, actually, when you mentioned Alan and Sonic, uh, fun enough, I actually played on both of those albums. I played on Learn and I played a little bit on Live as well, so I, I got to, to be both sides.
1: <laughs> oh, well, a retraction, Live and Learn. See? Well, I'm living and I'm also learning. <laughs>
2: I I was so far in the back on live though it, it it doesn't even matter. I it's just you know.
1: I beg to differ.
2: I was the go go dancer on that track. I think just <laughs> a lot of nice bops. You know that's it's like Scotch and bone. You just you give the bops. That's that was kind of my job. I think on that album. <laughs>
1: I remember you saying on another podcast, I believe it was actually uh, Nerd Music Meltdown, as well as a great conversation with Ro Panaganti for Game Grooves Uncovered podcast, two really good conversations and interviews. But you brought up the fact that you weren't aware that this community even existed. And I felt that because I didn't until like the last handful of years. And now being a part of that must be really eye-opening, I'd imagine.
2: Oh, sure. Honestly, hearing you say that, the the very first imagery I have, um, spoilers to those, I guess, of you who have never played Skyrim... There, there's a thing in Skyrim where you're just exploring a cave and minding your own business and then all of a sudden your whole world opens up. It kind of feels like that. How did this exist here? And I'd never noticed, you know, how how could this be down here? But yeah, it's been really great to to discover all that. And I myself was out of the music world in general for quite a long time. So to come back not just to music, but also to this kind of, I say niche community, but it, it's really not anymore, I don't think. I think it's getting a lot bigger. But to to see a community like this it's yeah it's it's nice to to make friends and to i don't know to to get together over something that means so much to so many people
1: what i really want to get into and what i do a lot on this podcast is talking about the creative journey and as much as i love the what i also appreciate the how and also the why Cause I, everybody that I've spoken to in this community and other communities, whether it be like, you know, comics or film or everybody has, even if they're maybe in a similar genre or style, perhaps everybody's journey is a little bit different. What you just said, I think is pretty profound is that you had stepped away from music for a little bit and coming back to it, um, not only just in performing, but now performing in this particular capacity. As I was listening to See the World, as much as it's about exploration, because a lot of the album, whether it be from Legend of Zelda, Kirby's Adventure, Abzu, Nino a lot of overworld themes, a lot of traveling themes. And as much as I feel like the album is about exploring the world, it almost feels like something of a homecoming at the same time, if, the, if that kind of makes a little sense.
2: Mm, I think it does. And really, that's, I mean, that's a big part of travel is the going, but also the the coming back and the return and what you took from that journey, right, that you carry on when you come back. I I think that's definitely a, a very good way to see it. And, yeah, for me, it especially given my situation, I definitely think there's a, a good element of that that's reflected in my own life after, you know, as I said, leaving music for a while and, and basically coming back to this place that I, I really never uh, anticipated being back to, really. I, I really never anticipated playing much again, so... I definitely feel that listening back to these tracks, what I'm most proud of is, is kind of how joyous a lot of them sound. I feel like there's some energy there that maybe I wouldn't have had a few years ago. And so to go back and, and hear that, that energy there, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's nice to know that I, I'll always have this um, and that it really never goes away. Even if you do go on a journey maybe away from it for a while, you can always come back to round. Back, back to round? To round is a word now. <laughs> to to round <laughs> trademark 2022. Algemar <Elizabeth laughs> brings the bops. Okay.
1: <laughs> Which is now, okay, bring the bops is totally the name of the episode, by the way. I'm just putting it out into I the world so. now. I hope so.
2: She brings the bops, y'all. Watch out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that and one of my other working titles as I was putting notes together, because I don't know if you watch a regular show at all, because one of my other lines was uh, Tromboning will save your life one day.
2: It will. That's true too, honestly.
1: But I, I kind of, if you don't mind, I, I do want to start somewhere near the beginning, or at least at this point, because I know you actually also, um, I think it's worth mentioning, had had this really great Q and A on Twitch that was hosted by you and also Ro Aganti. Which shout out to <laughs> Ro, by the way. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, really great guy. Mm-hmm. Love him to death. I like
2: him a lot. He's <laughs> he's pretty nice. I like him. <laughs> I
1: was, yeah, I was gonna say. Well, good thing we both like him, because it hates me to be like, oh, he's terrible, right? Like the absolute worst. Like,
2: I, well, I definitely feel that uh, I, uh, being who I am, I'm not really allowed to say that. I, I don't think I can bash him. I, I don't think he's bashable anymore from my perspective, is, is he? <laughs> that was, what a scandal, like, did you hear what Allison said? Right. The ring and everything. Why did she say that? So I don't, yeah, I, I definitely think we have to be careful now. We're in the public eye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that Q&A I thought was very eye-opening for a lot of reasons. You talked about performing uh, since what? Like you were about eight, I believe you had said? I think so, yeah. I know the trombone is an instrument that I feel like, I mean, anybody who's musically inclined knows it's as viable and as beautiful an instrument as any. There's no hierarchy, at least in my mind, as to level of importance or, you know, level of skill. It's all about the performer, I know that's not necessarily an instrument that maybe everybody gravitates to. So I wanted to really get an idea as to what was it about the trombone that drew you to it? And it's something that, you know, not only you wish to perform, but also teach others how to play.
2: It's something I've kind of thought about myself over a very long time. I definitely can say my first thing that attracted me to the trombone, of course, the glissando, right? You just, you blow into it and then you pull the slide slowly and you can sound like an airplane. You can use it to you know, terrify, I don't know, a, a class of first graders. I'm not saying I have done that personally. I'm just saying you could, and it's definitely not based on a true story with kids covering their ears, but you could do that. Or you can be a cow and make a, a moo noise or a, or a boat motor. So those definitely attracted me at first as a kid because it's funny and what's not to love, right? Um, right. But I, I think especially, I think I, maybe it may have been on one of the other podcasts, I think I mentioned it. Um, It might be spite. Don't know if it's the right word, but I think one thing I really do love about the trombone is because people... Have these certain ideas or expectations about a trombone and what it is and isn't and what it can do and can't do, and so to be able to take those uh, those ideas people have and maybe turn them around a little bit and surprise people and have their eyebrows raise and say oh 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 well they all right okay they can they can do that that's the feeling I really really love capturing with the trombone just to surprise people with it and be like oh yeah tr- trombones are viable they're they're cool we we like them. (laughs)
1: And I feel like that's so much of your spirit and having listened to your music, uh, watched your YouTube videos. Something that gets brought up a lot is um, your skits and also this really great, refreshing sense of humor. Something I talk to with my partner, Eileen and I, a lot about is self-awareness when it comes to creativity. And everybody comes from it from a different angle. But, you know, you take it seriously as a craft and you respect it. But you also have, like, it's not really self-deprecation because I feel like that's sort of like the other extreme where it gets a little, it could become very spirited. But you just really just have this great approach to creativity and just humor that I think is really refreshing. And I think it's very disarming because I think so many people do come into music with a lot of preconceived notions because, with let's say with this album, okay you know, we've heard renditions of, let's say, The Dark World. We've heard Green Greens before, but you're also coming to it from such a different angle. And I, I think that's what's really great about it is just that it's just really freaking funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
2: you. I do try. Uh Now, my mom, she, she never laughs. So I think that's definitely, I all my success goes to her. That woman doesn't smile for anything. I've tried all my gimmicks, all my jokes. She just Stone face. So I think I've trained very hard my whole life for these moments, really. Um, it, it's funny because I've always enjoyed humor. I always love to joke. If if you know me at all, 90% of what comes out of my mouth is A, too fast, and B, probably a joke. So it's really nice to be able to find kind of an outlet for that, as well as my playing. And I do take playing very seriously. And, and I, I do want to sound as professional and as beautiful as I can on the instrument. But also, I feel like growing up, and, and even now, you know, we see on social media, people we're all we always feel like we're competing with one another. And who's your favorite artist? And who's the best this? And who's the best that? And I feel like for me, I know that I got where I am, obviously, but not because I'm better than anybody, but I practice really hard. And I, I try to stay really humble about that. Because, you know, I, I I'm, I'm not some some amazing wizard or anything. So I do feel that especially in video, where I'm not an expert at all. I know I don't know anything about film or anything like that. So that's a good chance for me to just be able to do something fun that's not super hoity-toity or anything. It's not super over-the-top or anything, but it's also a way to, to share my music with people who in all honesty probably would never listen to it otherwise uh trombone is a pretty hard sell so i think that with with some you know some jokes here and there and some giggles and whatnot then maybe people will think oh well the music was boring but hey she made me laugh that's nice subscribe (laughs) (laughs) but that's the thing it's it's never
1: at like the expense of like okay there's there's a little bit but it's never in a mean-spirited way Uh matter of fact something i loved was the uh the promo the infomercial that you had filmed for see the world and i don't know this is maybe my somewhat warped sense of humor but i am strangely fascinated with like those infomercials that you would see like on late night tv right aren't they great
2: <laughs> with the black and white that was instantly i was like i know exactly how i'm going to pitch this thing here we go <laughs>
1: it always be someone, like, trying to flip pancakes, like, oh, the spatulas are, and they're literally throwing the thing out, or, like, oh, they're taking a sip of water, and they're literally throwing, like, water in their face. It's like, I can't drink out of this plastic cup. I need help. Like, Right? It's like, does
2: your dog have trouble going down the stairs, and this person is throwing their dog down the stairs or something? <laughs> Where it's just absolute chaos? Those are the best. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I love those a lot myself. I think it was a video on, um I think it was uh, the channel, Your Movie Sucks, where, yeah, I think it was a review of one of the Neil Breen films, which if y'all haven't seen those, they are just... Oh, Oh, a Neil
1: Breen is the greatest Neil oh Breen, my gosh he's
2: he's a man he, he's a man that makes films and I think it was in one of those films I think uh, one of the reviews on that that YouTube channel they basically just took actual scenes from the movie and just changed them to black and white and it did look exactly like it came out of an infomercial <laughs> <laughs> it was good stuff
1: it's great stuff. Oh, my gosh. Now now I almost want to just talk about those because that was something that I didn't get put onto until, I want to say, around the beginning of the panini, as I've often been calling it. Because a friend mm-hmm. of mine essentially sent me a link. I was like, here, watch this movie. And it's like, what is this called? It's like, oh, fateful findings. This should be interesting.
2: And you found something, didn't you, that day when you watched it? And I bet it was very fateful.
1: I found a lot of things. I discovered a lot about myself. Right? <laughs> I feel like those movies are low-key like a social experiment. It it has to be because there's no other way to explain it.
2: Right? But you have to admire someone like that that has a serious passion. They have a real vision. They have tenacity to get it done. Even if it's a little weird and you know, weird. Hey, at least they they did it. That's pretty impressive. And they have—I mean, I don't know—Neil Breen has some some really big ideas, and he's got some serious morals, and he really believes in them. I mean, in that respect, <laughs> not like that Derek Savage guy. We don't even talk about that guy. That guy is—that <laughs> dude's whack. We we can't mention—not under this roof, you know. <laughs> But Neil Breen, he's cool. He's fun.
1: <laughs> there was something refreshing about that. And I, I appreciate anybody who, you know what? Like you said, they have a passion, they have a drive. Like maybe it's not to be understood by the general public, but you know what? though they believe in it? Like I ended up believing it too. Like I almost wanted, I wanted to succeed.
2: Right? I feel that it does honestly kind of speak to me. You know, it, I, I, I keep bringing up the as a trombone player thing, but it's really true. Even with the infomercial, it's basically me saying, you know, Look, I know trombone's not cool. Look, I know we don't like classical music anymore. But hey, this is funny, right? Didn't you laugh? Listen to my album, please. That's <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it, it it'll bridge the gap, right? Because that's really a goal. I want to bridge the gap between hoity-toity classical music, which is not that way anymore, but also to bring, you know, to to bring a modern audience to something that kind of is classicalish, but is still familiar and has cool stuff in it. That kind of thing. like, like Neil Breen, that's yeah. that's who I'm trying to be.
1: Neil Breen, very good. Like and and who's to say what's cool and what's not cool? Very true. We're very, you know, savvy when it comes to absurdist humor and meme culture and things like that. And if it's a way that people can understand it, I think that's fine. And you know, I guess like I started out being like there's no real hierarchy when it comes to music now, personally speaking. I'm not as familiar with, let's say, the trombone as I am other instruments. So having written this album for a quartet, I thought was breathtaking because I'm listening to this going, I may not know much about the trombone, but I know that you are going through it playing some of these notes like you pulled them off effortlessly.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I did hope that some of the runs might reflect the the, the, the difficulty a, a little bit. The high notes, especially, too. I I don't know. I, I think I read a comment once uh, somewhere, somehow, of someone basically, I think it was a trumpet video, and it was basically someone saying, uh, I'm sorry, but I don't really get it. Like, this isn't a big deal. Like, they're just playing a note. What What's the, what's the issue? And, of course, the trumpet player was playing, you know, 5,000 notes higher than any respectable professional player could ever get to. And this person, they just didn't know, right? They don't know what goes into brass playing because they weren't in band. But basically, and of course, if you know, if, if you may not know about brass playing, basically it's the fact the musculature stuff in our face is what makes stuff go high or low, right? And to play that high, you have to have some serious muscle strength and endurance. And it's just like running. If you're playing up high for a long time, for me, that's 10 minutes now. But if I play up high for too long my muscles just give out they just go and then the sound kind of goes ha and then that's it you're done and it's it you have to train just like somebody that runs or lifts weights you know so so yeah I think it's um it's It's interesting what people know and don't know, and it, it's kind of nice for me to hear as well, because again, I know people aren't super into to band or you know necessarily wind instruments. even Truman Quartet, I, I had some people kind of try to describe the album and what it was, and they said, oh, yeah, it's it's just, you know, like a melody and then a, and a bass. It's two parts. I was like, okay, or it's oh, it's a melody and then it's a bass and then I guess it's like you know ca- counter melody or something. And it's interesting because that kind of uh, that kind of classification to me kind of sounds more like uh, if you listen to a lot of rock or pop or more modern music, that mm-hmm. that is that's exactly how you would classify it, right? Trombone quartet isn't really, I guess you know, like a, a very common grouping or a way to structure music so i like hearing how people interpret and the fact that they still even though they they might not use the same kind of verbiage as i do they still listen to it and they say oh but this is so awesome though it still sounds really cool and and that's nice to me that even though we come from different musical backgrounds we can still kind of connect over this stuff it's awesome
1: that's something that i've been trying in my own way to sort of express because talking to so many different people, with and so many different principles, I think sometimes there's a maybe a, a misconception that so like okay, if you let's say you're a writer, right? You did that whether it be uh, for a living or you did that recreationally. You say to yourself, "Wow, this is really difficult." But then sometimes it's like that grass is greener sort of mentality where you look at someone and be like, "Oh, well, they drive like maybe that would that looks like that could be easier," you know. So people say, mm-hmm. like, "Oh, podcasting that could be easy," but. Huh exactly that that sound is exactly (laughs) that's all i had
2: (laughs) just that that was all
1: (laughs) no but that says everything and that's kind of what Hmm. i was getting at is that you know this assumption that someone else has it that much easier it's like no it's all skill it's all hard work and you know you've been doing this for Mm. many years
2: sure no i know what you mean yeah just blowing a pipe
1: that that takes so much and i i do want to go back to that a little bit because i feel like this is the part of the story that i find fascinating as someone who's stepped away from doing this for a little bit and i know everybody Mm -hmm. has their reasoning because as you for a time quite literally and figuratively put your trombone down you've also traveled
2: indeed I did travel quite a bit, I guess. Yeah, in, in that time. And and really, when I put the trombone down, I, I did. I put it down with full intentions to never, ever pick it up again. In fact, the, the trombone I have now, I actually, it's the same one I've had for, gosh, probably 15 years. I never even upgraded it. It's still just a used, not so great thing. But I never anticipated ever, you know, needing to upgrade, right? But yeah, I, I definitely, um, I did what most music majors do, I guess. Maybe not most music majors, but it is, it is common enough. And not just music, really, I think. I think a lot of people reach a time where they're studying super hard to push into this career that they maybe their whole lives even have believed that they're going to just do the rest of their life. And then all of a sudden, either one thing happens, or maybe over several months, things just kind of start to go away. And you sort of look at yourself in the mirror and say, Oh, my God, I'm not gonna do this, am I? Okay, and for me, that was you know playing an orchestra. Like I was told from, eh, I guess you know pretty young, maybe ninth, tenth grade. By that time, I was you know doing. I was in Georgia at the time, and I I auditioned for um for what's called the All State band. And uh, okay. if if you don't know, basically um each each year. Uh, Around December, you do an audition. You go to a school that's in some district. You play a few scales. You play a little song that they make you prepare. And then they give you what's called a sight reading. So they put a piece of paper in front of you that's got music you've never seen before. And they're like, all right, play it. Three, two, one, bing. And you just have to hope you can do it. And uh, I I really, I worshipped that kind of thing as a kid because that was all I had. I didn't have lessons. My band program was from a very... um, Kind of underprivileged uh, sort of place, and so we didn't have resources to to get lessons or have, you know, a band that could really push your limits. So I loved doing that kind of thing. So. By 19th grade, I was already, you know, pretty, pretty high up in some of the best bands in Georgia. And by my senior year, I was ranked number one in in the state, oh, which is great. Thank you. Yeah, it was, I mean, I worked hard and I was, I was quite proud. And at the end of the day, it's really just who does better that day in the audition. It doesn't really mean I'm the best, right? Right. But at that time, you know, they were telling me, oh yeah, hey, Allison, you're, you're going to be playing in orchestras for a living. You're going to go to college and you're going to major in music performance and you are going to gonna go into an orchestra and that's gonna be your life and you're gonna be great and I said sure Uh, And then by my junior, senior year, I thought, yeah, I'm not doing that. I didn't have the knowledge for it. I didn't want to practice the same two second piece of pieces uh, to go and do auditions for. I was basically trying to get into an orchestra, which only had maybe one or two spots for trombone players. That's it. And you got 50 people auditioning. So I thought, yeah, this is just a cycle for failure. I cannot do this this. And so basically, I burned out. And I said, Okay, I, I'm a complete failure, I wasted my whole life trying to do this thing that I can't do. And so what do you do? You, you go teach English, that's what you do. Um, why not? So I ended up miraculously going to Japan. Uh, that was a crazy, crazy circumstance, I guess. Um, that was right after the big earthquake in 2011.
1: Oh my gosh!
2: Yeah, I um, the, a lot of people. This is for the jet program. It's a it's a government sponsored program to teach English. And that year, a lot of people they left because, understandably, they had concerns. So I just I got a call. It said, "Hey, can you move to Japan?" And oh, I don't know, three weeks. And I said, "Yeah, sure, I, I can." N- not to Fukushima. And they said, "No, no, no, you're not Fukushima. You're this weird place called Ishikawa." And I was like, "Ishikawa." I looked at a map. And I was like, "All right, I can do this. Forget you, music. Goodbye." And uh, Japan was Japan was definitely like the most important time I think of my life to travel, and not just to be away from home, but to. To be away from music too, like to be so far removed from this thing that's such a huge part of who you are, I had people saying to me like, oh, addison ah uh, trombone, uh, trombone, Anthony, you play the trombone? Really? I can't? And they would always say, I can't see it. That's so weird. I can't see that. And what a surreal thing for me, right? It's my whole life. And just to have people say, yeah, I can't really see that. Are you sure? that was pretty freeing for me and to just kind of spend more time just trying to develop other things you know learn japanese playing lots of video games in that time that really was a big time for gaming for me and i'm really grateful for that um yeah so so being able to do all that stuff and just kind of make friends and and just be, be I guess <laughs> was right. really it was good for me I think uh, to be able to come back and just come back to music at my own pace and on my mm-hmm. own terms and not what everyone was saying I was you know gonna do which isn't their fault They, I mean they did they just thought I was gonna do that right it's not their fault
1: <laughs> No, and yeah, and maybe they weren't even coming at a place to be mean spirited because I've learned that even with the best intentions sometimes people in our lives it could be our friends it could be our parents or other maybe authorities figures we spend so much of our life especially in our adolescence people trying to figure out who we are but at the end of the day you're an individual you have to figure yourself out it's funny because the day of the I was actually watching the stream on my phone as i'm kind of like walking around something you had said the metal gear solid exclamation mark just pretty much went over my head and you had brought up the fact that You know, here you are trying to figure out what to do with the rest of your life at 15 years old. And I'm like, you're still just a kid. Mm
2: -hmm. You
1: sure are. They're pushing, you know, college and you're going to do, you know, going to be an orchestra and all these things. And it's like, if you wanted that, that's fine. And I'm not knocking that at all. But you're still developing. You're still trying to figure yourself out.
0: Mm.
1: I'm in my mid-30s and I'm still figuring myself out. (laughs) Breach.
2: Yeah. And, and even like, well, even that I did want that, you know, at 15, you know, I that's what I wanted. So it's it's funny, too, because like even if it is what you want at that age, right, it might not be what you want a few years down the road. And I think that's something that we definitely don't explore enough when we're, you know, counseling our youth, that things change. And that's okay. Like you can change your mind. And you're not a failure for changing your mind. <laughs> it's Okay, (laughs) And that's something I wish someone had told me, you know, a little earlier, I guess.
1: (laughs) No, I agree. Mm. Sometimes we have to give ourselves permission to go after something or to maybe not go after something. Because I think for a long time, at least for me, I wanted to do something along these lines, be either like a DJ or some sort of performer, but kind of talk myself out of it. And then finally, podcasting and the internet happened where it's like, oh, I didn't have to necessarily answer to anybody. Like, I could basically just get enough money, get enough equipment, and just do it on my own. And then it's like, okay, cool, I did the thing I was wanted, but then for a time, it's like, well, maybe I don't want to do this. Maybe I want to explore other avenues, or maybe just take a break. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that, because now, having stepped away from it, like you said, you can now come back to music on your own terms... You're developing your own style of what you want to do, where you want to be. And you also now get to not only make this album that celebrates stepping out of your comfort zone, seeing a new place. Like I said, you went not just out of Georgia. You went on the other side of the world. That's pretty remarkable. And coming from a small town, like I don't even know if I could have done that. So that's really remarkable, and for what's what, I I respect the hell out of you for that. Oh
2: well, thank you. I mean, I I mean, I did have right, and and the good thing about the jet program and something I'm very grateful for is that I had a lot of babysitters when I went there. Everything was already set up, and it was still scary for me to do. And honestly, it's something I never saw myself doing either. Uh, It was an opportunity, and at that point, I kind of didn't like myself a lot and I was in a pretty low place so I think I just didn't care enough to be scared but but it's funny after that after I taught there which was a good long time it's about five years I, I came back and uh, I ended up going to New Zealand because they have that working holiday visa that you can do but it's only until you're 30 and so I was like oh checks my watch I'm old I, I should do that so I, I did that but that one for me was actually the scary one because I didn't have a job lined up I I knew like one or two friends from Japan, actually, but, but being down there and not really knowing where you're going to stay that day what you're going to do who you're going to talk to how you're going to get money all that stuff that i remember was definitely a time i was and they speak english and everything right but i thought okay this, this right. is like i'm i'm a I change i'm confident but gosh I, I don't know and doing that for me was probably like the biggest step and i actually got um a tattoo while i was there uh just as a I don't know, memento sort of thing, and it, the tattoo itself actually kind of represents that to me. Which is, uh, it's a kind of a woman with a tiger sort of around the chest area. Basically, it's just sort of that uh, that sort of voice inside where you just kind of give yourself that push and say, "I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do this." Like, I, I like myself. I'm cool. I'm gonna do this thing, and and I think kind of stopping and and reflecting on that and just sort of having these. I call them clarity moments, just to sit and appreciate what you have and to listen to that voice sometimes, to just have your strong voice to get you through stuff. It's something I learned a lot when I traveled.
1: Right. I feel like that's what really makes this album special to me. And from the moment that album starts, I'm already feeling like I'm going on that grand adventure. You know, and I hope this doesn't sound like a backhanded compliment to someone listening, especially those within the community. Is definitely not because it's a community I love, but people will have different reasons as to why they do VGM. This really did just feel like listening to someone come into their own and to really embrace who they are. And like a lot of video games, especially as someone who, like, I play a lot of like adventure and RPGs, like, that's really my bag. Dare I say, I guess in this story, if I were to, let's say, make Alice and Martin the video game, picking up that trombone is like the hero picking up the sword and those stories it's like the hero picks up the sword now sudden they're destined to save the world but no one ever thinks in those stories well what happens if the hero were to put that sword down can it be picked back up and i think that's sort of this really cool idea is now that we're seeing you on the other side of this we're seeing you embrace who you are as a person and as much as i love the album and i think as a musician but just as an individual your story i think is really inspiring because a lot of people i think can relate to that there's things you want to do in life but we're more than just these things that we're defined by and i i think it's really cool even with the songs that were picked let's say for instance link to the past the dark world is another theme altogether As a kid, I used to find it very sad and very like foreboding and almost a little frightening. But I think as an adult, it's become my favorite theme, even more so than like the regular Zelda theme, because in a way it's the you're now in surroundings that are very dangerous. But it's more driven by like a determination than fear. But I really like your song choices and it really does tell your story. And maybe it doesn't quite sound just like okay. I have a trombone. I'm going to make these covers. I'm really like you're really telling your own story just through the lens of the video games and maybe even parts of the stories therein.
2: I'm just gonna lean forward and say yes, that was my intention. Um, wow, that's such a great interpretation. And honestly, it's it's so interesting and lovely to hear these thoughts from you because part of me wonders how much of this may actually even be, you know, subconscious as well, because really when I, you know, when I, when I went to, to make these, these tracks, funny enough, dark world was my very first one. Actually, that was my very first one. And I actually had played a version of that with the game brass and I was actually teaching a student and uh, several of my students, they actually came to me because they saw I did, you know, video game music and they wanted to learn some Things like that. And so uh, we'd gone over Dark World, this, this student and I, and I just kind of got an itch. I was like, you know, I could do this for trombones. I, I should do that. And and then as I kind of sat down to, uh, to, to put this thing together, it, it was just it was so quick and I felt so at home doing it and I thought like this, yeah, this is what I have done my whole life. This is so natural for me. It's the easiest thing in the world. And so when I did that, I thought, oh, I should, I should make more of these. But then when I went to do more tracks, especially, I had a few criteria for myself, one of which, of course, I needed to at least have heard of, if not played all of the games. And I wanted them to be games that meant something to me, if possible you know, for different reasons. Another thing I really wanted to do, though, um, especially musically speaking, is I I wanted to have uh, different tracks that had these sort of different emotional elements, sort of, as you said, how Dark World has this kind of possibly sort of fearful element and some of an adventurous element and kind of a determination element, all of those sorts of things. I wanted to make sure to have, you know, those kinds of pieces because I could easily do 12 green greens from Kirby's and people would be like, Oh, that's nice. You know, trombone's nice. I could do Gruis's theme 10 times, Bebop jazz, and people say, Oh, it's nice. But but it's it's not really taking me on, on a journey. It's not really making me feel things. It's just making me say, Oh, that's nice. So especially with pieces like Abzu, which I mean, to me, I think Abzu, in terms of just what I was able to achieve, I think I'm the proudest of. It was hard. <laughs>
1: It sounded it was, as such. Like I said, I, I have not even held a trombone and like I said, just just hearing those notes. I'm like, you know what, Allison, props to you because like I me trying to do that, I would have you would have just heard a thud and it would have stayed in the recording. Because it would have just been like a thud followed by the sounds of an ambulance.
2: What I should have done was I should have sung through it, just been like, ha ah, no one would tell. That's what I should have done. <laughs> but the emotion I wanted you to feel, you see, um, I wanted you to feel pain. So I played very high notes the whole time. No, but with, with Abzu, I think, um, you know, emotionally, and that game was really great for me. I, I love Abzu. I love it so much. I know it's Journey, but in the water, I know this. But but to play through, especially just with the colors of it, I don't know. It Just being able to play through and, and just kind of similar to Journey, of course. You kind of just go through these colors kind of voiceless emotions you just sit and just soak in it. Huh? Get it? Cuz water. You just soak in it and and I I <laughs> wanted to have some pieces like this because not only do I like to play flashy, of course I do. Everyone does, but but to to really show you, yeah, but I can also use this to absolutely be this kind of very like ethereal kind of sound i can sing through this pipe and make you feel things and to do it in such a way that is so incredibly difficult where you you can't hide behind anything this is as close as it gets to i think standing in front of an audience and and singing which is incredibly emotionally vulnerable which is why i never do it i'm a coward i can't that's why even the video i did recently where i sang you know row as you all probably know uh does a lot of my video work and and he said oh you know you should ali you should sing in in front of the camera and i kept saying but no no but i don't but the thing (laughs) is i just i i don't i don't want to because it is it's an incredibly difficult thing hitting notes fine whatever but to to look someone in the eye and sing and show them who you are as a person completely and honestly is so terrifying and trombone's kind of a little better because you've at least got a pipe between the two of you and a very long one at that so that's good but <laughs> but still but to but even then to, to do that it's it's a very vulnerable state to put yourself in and even it is recorded yes but even still like to put in that energy and those emotions into, into the music I wanted to make sure that I was able to do do that on all the tracks in different ways so that it connects with you in different ways because it's a full experience right it's not just a single it's it's a whole package right
1: right and that's also another thing too is you know and i know you've done plenty of videos but to make like a full-length album that's also pretty daunting because like, cause you're you're putting everything here like in this one collection and then putting it out into the world and you know and i think a lot of times when we As people talk about these things, when people make things and, you know, releasing them publicly, I guess maybe it's something that is expected because that's just a part of the package. But knowing what I know now then to do that, like that's got to be just as vulnerable because now it's just now everybody is experiencing it drawing their own conclusions and telling their own stories with this. And now that it's out and people are receiving it and hopefully positively because um, they dang well should, because it's really good. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, this is all pretty cool. It's like the hero's journey, but also the hero's return. And, you know, you've come back to this wiser and even more skilled because... The skill in which you learn and the things that you've gained aren't just strictly, okay, how to play notes. But now you're playing these notes with a more expanded worldview. And I think that's what makes this album amazing. It's like I said, taking all that experience and now it's only enhanced the playing because like I said, you have you know how to play the the instrument. You've known how to play it for years. Now you can play with the heart behind it. I'm not a musician by trade, but it's like, I only know how it makes me feel. And the, the feeling I get is inspiration.
2: Yeah, I feel, um, I was thinking back to i feel like i'm just i'm i'm 150 years old you know and i'm like yeah let me tell you about that time when i and i've, I've said the same thing five thousand times did you know i used to live in japan and then people are like grandma we don't care that's what i feel like sometimes because I, I don't remember if i if i mentioned this to everyone and their grandma or not but uh there was a time in college uh, and this is of course like pretty much low point where I was, I was fed up. Like I didn't care. I actually missed a, uh, a trombone choir concert. We had an ensemble of like, as it was this trombone studio. So it was like, 20-ish, oh, wow. 25 players, and they all play in a big choir. It's great. I love trombone choir, which is my channel, basically. But uh, there was a concert that we were supposed to do, and I actually showed up late. I-, I got backstage, and I had heard they were done with their first song. Like They'd been on stage, I mean, for, gosh, who knows, maybe 15 minutes. And I had two choices. I could either just like waltz on stage, like, what up? Or I could just turn tail and go right back home, which I did. I was like, I'm not going. I would rather be late or... I- what am I saying? I'd rather miss it than step on stage and have everyone stare at you as the one person who was late. So at that point, yeah, I, like I missed this concert. And then I I did this open lesson, which is where you do a private lesson. It's one-on-one, except that you're in a big room and there's like 50 people all sitting in chairs, mostly your peers and brass teachers watching you get taught by some amazing, wonderful player that comes to visit for a residency. And uh, I did this lesson for uh, Joseph Alessi, who is... Pretty much without debate, one of the best classical trombone players of all time, if not the best. It's debated. The dude is amazing. He's the Professor at Juilliard, first trombone uh, New York Philharmonic oh, wow. for many, many years. He is a beast. Um, there's a video online uh, of the the Reigns of Castamere, the epic low brass that, that's on YouTube, and he plays the lead trombone in that, and it's just mind-blowing and I and I played for him and and I remember very clearly when I played through some etude I didn't care about it. I was so done and he looked at me and he just said "You're you, yeah you're just not playing like musically and I just said all right yeah okay and I was so mad at music I was I had a horrible breakup with music we were not talking like our we were, we were communicating through our friends like it was a whole thing and so at that point I just didn't care at all. What a wasted opportunity, though, to think back, right? But when he said that, like, you're not playing musically. Of course, in my mind, I was like, I know. And it's because music is so emotional. It You have to put your, at least some of your your being into it. Because it is, it's singing. You're just doing it weird. But you are, you're, you're, you're singing through this instrument. And so if you don't have the energy yourself, if you're not in the right mental state, if you don't have good emotions to make music with, you're going to have such a bad time. And I tell my students all the time, like if you don't practice, if you sit down and you're miserable practicing, don't do it because you're not going to make good music you're just going to sit there and make not good music and you're going to dislike what you're doing even more. It's going to make you miserable. You have to be in a good headspace. Take care of yourself first and then play, <laughs> which I learned a little late. But uh, but yeah, so it's it's funny to to think back on that, you know, and to think now about the album and and to kind of hear these tracks that I've made and to sit there and I'll tell you like I'll I'll listen to a track sometimes like Abzu and sit there and go like wow, I think I might just be playing musically now. I th- think so? I think so. I
1: think so. <laughs> I I mean, I I can say like a, I I am at least a solid 99.9
2: I feel like that's a good percentage. That's most of the germs gone, right? That's right? fine. <laughs> that's what they. Say. If they if they can print that on a bottle, that's good enough for me. Yeah, I'm good with that percentage.
1: <laughs> it's fine. Like and, uh, that's also something I think is also really cool is the fact that you came from an educational background. Uh, you know, you mentioned that you know when you started out you didn't really have much in the way of teaching, and mm. I'm gonna get on my soapbox real quick. Support the arts, people. Support music, especially in schools. It is so effing important. Like, Can we just please get that established? Please, sports
2: are cool too. I know it is, but for the love of all things holy, please, please support arts as well as sports. Every kid deserves to have their passion recognized and loved by everyone. I cannot tell you how frustrating it is to be a kid and put your all into something and have everyone bat an eye and go, oh, that's nice, and then turn to the football game and watch football. (laughs) Again. I like football a lot. I love it. Go dogs! National Championship, baby. But like, <laughs> but, but every kid in school, and it's not just band either. I mean, I've seen it happen a lot with band. But, you know, kids that are in Science Olympiad, right? Lots mm-hmm. of kids are in Science. Olympiad is awesome. I suck at science, you know? Or like kids that are in the French club, kids that are learning Latin, kids that are doing all kinds of amazing things. Like they never get recognized the way they should, I feel, unless it's sports. And I really, really don't like that because... I feel like it's not their fault they're not athletic, <laughs> you know? Right. And we, we should all be recognized, I think.
1: And they—absolutely, they should be. And I was definitely mm-hmm. not the athletic kid. Like, I could have played. I mean, I would have been good at defense. Like, okay, I would have probably mowed over a bunch of people. But I don't know. I was a performing arts kid. I wanted to be a writer. Like, I wanted to, you know, do all these things. And especially at a young age, it's so important to find something and good avenues you know especially at the age where you're dealing with so much you know emotionally and Mm. physically like so many things and i don't know maybe it's generationally speaking where i think now we're finally having that conversation about it's okay to sort of take breaks it's okay to not push because i think for a long time the idea was well if you're starting to burn out then you're not doing it Good enough, or you just gotta push hard or push past it. You know, it's mm. like pain is weakness leaving the body. It's like, no, you're hurting. <laughs> like, chill. But having a healthy Wait, pain
2: is weakness leaving the body? What's this is an actual
1: weak? slogan that used to get passed around in my high what? school. I'm not saying the name. This is I'm not really? even joking.
2: I'm a wuss and I'm okay. <laughs> What's wrong with being weak?
1: There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm like, uh, so you're telling a kid who's like 15, 16 this. And it's like, no, this kid is injured. They're tired. They've been running around all day, probably mm. in the heat, getting hit because our school had a very big football program. it's like, no, pain is your body telling you you need to chill.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. I feel like that's that's kind of, I, I feel like that's a little, little weird. I don't know.
1: Oh, it gets much worse, but I didn't want to harp on it too much. But, you know, it's it's that same thought process. But Mm -hmm. I feel like generationally, I don't know if it's, maybe I shouldn't crap on a whole generation, but I feel like at a time that was the accepted thought.
2: And I do feel that I mean, and having taught a lot of kids these days, and again, I love my kids. So don't get me wrong, my kids are good kids. They are good people. They do work hard, not all the time like they should, but they do. But one thing that I, I do discover is, like, as I teach, um, especially like you know, junior high level and like late elementary and stuff, like it's 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 a fine line, isn't it, between you know, okay, I'm I'm tired and i'm like oh i'm tired like sometimes or like especially with trombone right i i have i've had several people who they pick it up for two minutes and they just kind of (laughs) go yeah actually i think i want to play the clarinet And I'm like, okay, listen again. And, and I'll tell you, like, I, I think I might've mentioned this brass is so frustrating, right? Because you suck for a while when you start, because that's just the nature of things, right? It's, it's, it's kind of like exponential growth. And it's very frustrating, especially for a young person to start something like that and be so awful at it for a long time, really, if you, if you really do the math. So like, I get that, like, teachers look at kids who complain and a lot of time it is it's they they have no work ethic like they just they're lazy and they're impatient right and i've seen some of that myself but at the same time though and especially in sports i do think that a lot of it isn't that i think a lot of it is just kind of pushing because you know sports are competitive right yeah (sighs) that's the whole thing
1: which is like I feel like at least in the creative field taking the same sort of competitive mentality and I mean unless you're doing like actual like competitions like with band or things like that oh man it's hard and it feels like a competition yeah you know maybe this the same approach can't really be taken here
2: yeah and you know sometimes I feel like especially especially now even it's it's so interesting cuz I feel that me being a newcomer, which I'm still a total absolute newcomer, I've not met 90% of people in the community live, uh, let alone I've not even talked to most of them like, like this way, you know, like just with voice or on video or anything. It's just message in Twitch chat and a Twitter, you know, tweet, and that's it. And really, like being so new and not just being new, I don't know anybody, you know, a lot of people don't know me that well. And then I, I play the paperclip Neat. <laughs> I I do feel like it's it's an easy trap to fall into this whole competition thing because I mean look at me. I just released an album and what have I been doing this whole week? I've been tweeting nothing but please listen to my album. It's really cool. And I always feel guilty too. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm an A- okay. No offense to Amway, I guess, but I feel like I'm selling something from Amway. Like I'm going to everyone I know saying, <laughs> but have you tried like this cream though? Um, but it sounds really good and there's really fast runs in it. You should listen to my uh lotion I don't know so it's (laughs) I I know I think I lost it didn't I but
1: if you do pull another ad for this album (laughs) that might have to be it
2: it might have to be yeah I'll just sit down like we just need to sound it's been forever do you want to have lunch sometime and then sit down and lay all my trombones out on the table be like I've got something for you um but you know it is it's a little hard to kind of sort of i don't know it's 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 on the one hand right i'm very grateful for where i've come you know and i've done so many things and then sometimes in social media you know like you see all these people releasing stuff you see all these comments of people who all know each other and they're like this is amazing and everyone's sharing and all that stuff and then you start doing the numbers thing right you start checking numbers which is terrible never do that don't do that
0: <laughs> yeah and then
2: that, it's,
0: it's oh so my God. easy. Like,
2: It's easy to like fall into this place going, and again, because I play trombone. So I feel like I'm Eeyore. I'm like, well, thanks for listening once to trombone. I just play trombone. But at the same time, I'm like, Allison, you've been here for like maybe 10 months. You made this. Album, it sounds great. People love it. What is your deal? And so you just have to kind of take it day by day. Don't compete with anyone else, don't compete with numbers, don't compete with anything. Just enjoy your own stuff, enjoy what you do, right? That's that's what you gotta do.
1: Yeah, because looking at those numbers. Oh boy, I wish I had learned that lesson a long time ago. Because trust (laughs) me, like as much as you had said you walked away from that trombone, this microphone has been left on a table for Mm. many many months because it's like you do get caught up and Mm. it's tough but i think in a way being introduced to so many people in this community has been very rewarding that regard of seeing people approaching it in so many different ways and it's it's very Mm. validating and again i don't play an instrument at least not well um but i think that's very valid and whether you're coming at it for the first time or you've been here for years there's still so much to gain from it and Thank you for sharing your story because that's also not easy. So I appreciate you taking the hour out of your day to tell me a little about yourself because I don't take that for granted at all.
2: Well, thanks for, for letting me share. And, and I do hope, you know, it's it's funny because I, I know I, I did podcast with Ro. And of course, you know, Ro and I, the way we we're related now to one another, I, I remember trying so hard to just be very strictly professional. And then going back to listen to it, it sounds like we don't know each other. And I sometimes feel like when I when I come on to, to podcast, I get very pensive. And it's strange because on my videos and stuff, I do. I love making people laugh. I like being funny all the time. And then I feel when I sit down and really think about the You know these very uh, kind of emotional and kind of pensive things. I I I tend to I don't know. I feel like I always get so dark and like moody, and then I end on like on a note like yes, like looking at the numbers. (laughs) <laughs> but but I do just want to restate, right? I, I, I absolutely have loved my my time here. And of course, as everyone probably knows at this point, Paper Mario not only got me all these amazing friends, it literally changed my actual life. I'm, I'm getting married uh, in just a few weeks because of Paper Mario. That's the reason. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Thank you very much. We're very excited. I didn't realize you were weeks away. Holy cow. Weeks away, yes. It's so close. And, and none of that, absolutely none of it, would have happened without Paper Mario and just being in the community again playing for people I've collaborated with so many people made so many friends and we get to chat and have fun on Discord together. So for you know, we, I think we all as creators have those sort of darker moments, but I think that's just something everyone even if you're not a creator again with social media stuff everyone experiences, but that's 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 a very minor thing that I I don't really dwell on, you know, because I've had so many good things happen, so many so many because of you know game music and trombone and and the community too so i'm i'm happy to be here i'll be here for a while i think
1: (laughs) i hope so and like i said i i'm glad you picked it back up and i'm glad that you're at a place where you're content and willing to make this music as wonderful and as strange as it may be to some it's changed my life i know for sure and it seems that sentiment has been mirrored through a lot of people i've spoken to from the community so i i think you're on the right track and thank you so much and um Actually, we probably should let everybody know where they could listen to this and find it because it really does need to be in everyone's ears. Yeah, that that could help. Uh, <laughs> so I probably should have like started with that be like, hey,
2: where can we listen to this? <laughs> oh, right. Um, so yeah, you can listen to, to it. Uh, the album, of course, is called See the World and you can listen to it, uh, I believe, on any major streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Tidal, all those. It should be there, I believe. Yeah. I think it's on YouTube as well. Maybe YouTube Music too? Hmm.
1: If it's not, I don't know, we'll put in a request. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you so much and I appreciate you taking a time out. Um and if people want to interact with you, uh, maybe on social media is any other like, you know, handles or anything you want to throw out real quick?
2: Handles, I have a ton of those. I interact on Twitter quite a lot. That handle is a Martin T Bone. I'm on Instagram, which is Elsa Martin Thermone. I'm on Twitch, I stream games, that is also Elsa Martin Trambone. I'm on YouTube, Alison Martin Thermone. And I also have a Patreon, which is Allison Martin Trombone. I'm very original. (laughs) (laughs) Well, honestly, I'll tell you the truth is Trombone is at the end because my name is absolutely so boring and just under the radar that if you actually Googled my name, I wouldn't show up for about six pages. So I put Trombone at the end so that I'm findable. (laughs) 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 That's the reason.
1: (laughs) Stick around because once we're done here, you will hear Tara Steen from Allison Martin See the world. It's out now. Listen to it. Your ears will thank you. And that'll do it for this episode of Adrian has issues. Have a good night, everybody. Great podcasts? Visit AdrianHasIssues.com.